effective leaders communicate from context with clarity. Let me say that again. Effective leaders communicate from context with clarity. I'll put an asterisk next to this one right now. Communication is so key. Why? We've been living in a time of high chaos and high change now for a while. For the last three years, we've been living kind of in our limbic brains. A lot's been changing. There's a lot of fear culturally. We've been moving from issue to issue, from fear to fear. And because of that, people are not making the best decisions. It's important for leaders right now to over communicate. episode for you here. Friends, we are diving into skills. If you didn't listen to our last episode, go ahead and do yourself a favor. Go back and listen. We lay the groundwork on that. But in short, leaders, you do not need pills. You need to develop skills. What do we mean by that? We always are looking for the quick fix in our culture. Leaders, unfortunately, we are the same. This next book, this next idea, this next assessment, this next tool, whatever it is, we think this thing will help us in every area of life forever without any work or minimal amounts of work at least. And that's just not the way that it works. The good news is this, that leadership is not born It is developed and it is developed through skills that we can all grow and work on. I've been coaching for over a dozen years now, and I've been a struggling leader, practitioner, working through the trenches, trenches, many times getting it handed to me as a leader because leadership is humbling. But here's the great news. We've always got skills that we can be working on. We don't graduate from that. In fact, some have, have even said new levels, new devils. The higher vantage of leadership you rise to, the more is going to come onto your plate, the more opportunities you're going to have, the more obstacles you're going to have, and therefore, the more we're just going to need to continue to work on it. So we went through some essential leadership skills, and we are saying that there are 10 skills that every effective leader must cultivate. What do we mean by an effective leader? Well, these are leaders that are healthy. They are living within their design as who they're wired up to be. Success looks different to everybody, but we're talking about effective leadership. Are they healthy? Are they living into their unique design in their unique season? It's really important that we don't cheat off of somebody else's paper here, but we believe that these 10 skills, if you don't have them, you're going to have some serious gaps in your leadership. Now, with that said, You're going to be a natural at some of these, or maybe you've practiced some of them for years. You're going to feel unnatural at others. That's okay. Whenever you start doing something new, you are going to feel clunky. You're going to feel clumsy. It's okay. Lean into that. It's called practice for a reason. You can practice skills. And so all of these next ones, six through 10 that I'm going to give you, there's an idea attached to that. But the really important thing is actually the exercise or the practice that we give you to be able to work on that. These are 10 that we took 10 weeks in a row and went through in our effective leader cohort. Friends, we have another effective leader cohort that is launching on April 19th. You need to hop in to this if you haven't already. Below in the show notes, you can get the link there. You can sign up. 
but I'll tell you a little bit more at the end. We are going to in-depth go through these. Maybe this is a great call for you right now that you, for the next 10 weeks, want and need to develop yourself. Maybe you're going to hop into this as a team. We love when teams attend this cohort together. Maybe there's somebody on your team that wants development. Maybe they can't afford one-on-one coaching, or now isn't the right time for that, and this would be perfect for them. At a fraction of the cost of one-on-one coaching, they can dive in. They get 10 skills to work on, practices alongside of those, and tools to hold up those practices I believe it is one of the biggest bargains right now in leadership development is this effective leaders cohort. We had an awesome one. Love you guys who just went through it. Excited for the next crew. It's going to hop in. So here we go. This is effective leadership skill number six. Effective leaders gain appropriate control. Now that word control may hit you in the wrong way. What are we talking about here? We're talking about autonomy. We're talking about freedom. And it's interesting when we think about control, we've almost labeled that as a bad thing, but it's part of the essence of being human and being free. Being in the image of God is actually having a level of control. The question is, what level is healthy? I see leaders under control their lives. I see leaders over control their lives. And the reality is, friends, there are areas of my life that I have under controlled, that I've over controlled. And really, as we think about a steward of our lives, not an owner, as we want you to live in freedom, we want you to live in appropriate control where you're stewarding what God has given you and you are influencing other people with that, we need to understand the difference. There's five different categories. We can move all the way from obsessively controlling to overly controlling. Again, right there in the middle is appropriately controlling, which is the posture of a steward where we're working on these skills, but not to earn some kind of identity badge from God. We are already loved. But then there is under-controlling, And then there's passively floating through our life. There are different aspects of your life that maybe you're obsessively controlling or the complete opposite end of the spectrum of passively floating in those areas. But we want to move toward that middle section of appropriately controlling. There's an exercise I think it's really important is actually a list of things that you must control. Before we can move toward action, we must have awareness. So are you aware of those things? that you must control. So make a list of those things that you must control. Maybe this is as as a parent, as an employee, uh, as a friend, as a community member, as a volunteer, nonprofit board member, whatever that is. List of things you must control. And then secondly, how you will appropriately control these things. When we get to this level of detail, as you're writing this down, realize that a lot of your schedule, you will either under control or over control. It's really hard to hold that intention. I know this has been a wrestling for me for a long time is how do I put the right level of planning in my life without sort of gripping it too tight and even like squeezing the life and the joy and the fun out of that. And it's important to say, what what does appropriate control look like? The other day I had plans for my day and they were really, really good plans. I would say even healthy plans and something changed. A friend was struggling and they needed our family to step in and to help them. And so to drop the plans that I had and to realize, okay, I was appropriately controlling those, but these people need 
us in a, a particular area to serve them and their family. We're going to drop that. And we're going to go over here. And it took me a few minutes to be able to do that, but to be able to release that to the Lord and then to appropriately control, not overly control or obsessively control. That's an important exercise for you to think about. Your schedule is a big way you're going to see that. Of course, your schedule and your money are going to be two pretty big indicators right there. You may need to ask some other people. You may have some blind spots in your life, but that's a really important skill to be able to develop. Make sure that you develop it through that awareness of that. Are you obsessively controlling, overly controlling, appropriately controlling, under controlling, or passively floating? That's the spectrum of control that we're talking about. Effective leadership skill number seven. Effective leaders activate next steps. Activating next steps. Here's where we move from awareness to action. Once you realize something that you should do, effective leaders are the ones that keep taking the next right steps. Insert any analogy here about a journey that it always starts with your first step. If you don't know what to do, you don't know if you can make it several miles, would you just take a few more steps? The leaders that I have the privilege to be in their corner with, and frankly, the great leaders that I've admired, when I get behind the curtain of their story, it is that they knew that they should take a step and they did it. It sounds a lot like obedience. It sounds a lot like faithfulness that scripture talks about. And a couple of phrases that can be helpful are progress over perfect. Take your next step, then the next step will present itself. Take your next step and you'll be a little bit farther. It's the atomic habits idea. It's the idea that if you don't know what to do, just point yourself in the right direction and take a few steps there. Now, let me give you two types of steps that we're talking about here, and we can develop them a little bit differently. The first are micro steps. Now, these are small and ongoing steps. Think daily, five minutes a day here, an hour a day. Think weekly. And for me, in the daily sense, 10 minutes in my right side up journal is kind of, you know, right sizing uh, what I need in order for my day and the planning. It's not an hour every single morning, but 10 minutes in my right side up journal. Weekly, I do a look back, look within, look ahead session at the end of my week. And that's about 45 minutes or so. Also look to work out three times in a week. Those would be some examples for me that are right for where I'm at in this season. Again, I'm not at the gym two hours a day, but I do have three workout sessions and that's what my body needs in this season based on the limitations I have and the time and the energy. Those are micro steps. Macro steps, these are big. These are aspirational as opposed to small and ongoing. These are large goals that we're heading toward. Larger steps, they require more time, more resources, more planning. Examples may be a monthly solo day or a quarterly review, like I talked about in the last podcast. That's been something that I've started doing, and it's been a huge macro step for me is take three hours each quarter to be able to look back, look within, look ahead. Planning vacations and rest breaks, those are kind of the big things. And again, they'll require more resources. Micro steps, somebody was telling me they take a walk every afternoon, and that's how they think, that's how they let out some stress. That's how they process as a leader so that I am, as their coach, supposed to ask them, have you been taking your afternoon walk? That's huge. That's a great example of that. So here is your practice. It's an exercise. Make a list of micro goals and macro goals that you are going to cultivate and stick to. Make a list of those macro goals. 
Make a list of those micro goals that you are going to cultivate. I love what Craig Rochelle says, great leaders do consistently what other leaders do occasionally. Sometimes the difference is not what the thing is, but is how often it's done. If I work out once or twice in the course of a month or two, it will not matter. It will not push the needle. But if I continue to consistently work out, do the same exercises three times a week, I'm seeing some growth. I'm seeing stress relief, and maybe even seeing a little bit of weight go up on the rack when I lift. Consistent is the key here. Effective leadership skill number eight. Effective leaders communicate from context with clarity. Let me say that again. Effective leaders communicate from context with clarity. I'll put an asterisk next to this one right now. Communication is so key. Why? We've been living in a time of high chaos and high change now for a while. For the last three years, we've been living kind of in our limbic brains. A lot's been changing. There's a lot of fear culturally. We've been moving from issue to issue, from fear to fear. And because of that, people are not making the best decisions. It's important for leaders right now to over-communicate. What do we mean from the first one? From context. Where have we come from? We need to share the why behind that, the backstory, why we must take these steps. And then secondly, with clarity. And this is about the what. What is the decision or the plan? How will this make its way out to the organization, the team, the family? It's really important, leaders, that we don't just say, here's what we're doing. But we can look back. We can tell a story of the why. And what led us up to this, here's what the decision is, and here's how this will play out. Those are three dimensions of context. The why, the backstory, why must we take these steps? How did we get here to these steps? The what, here's the plan. Here's what steps we're actually taking or considering taking if we haven't yet. Again, we move from the why, the backstory, the what is the plan, the how, that's the process. Here's how we will take these steps. In the last six months, I made a pretty major change to stay forth and how we lead and how we're structured as coaches. And I had to go to the coaches and share the backstory. Here's why. And, and, you know, kind of how do we get to this decision? Here's what we've already decided. And, and we've been talking as a team on this. Here's, here's how we made this decision. Here's how it's going to play out. And we needed to be clear on that. Overall, the responses were incredibly positive and people understood because we went from context with clarity. The opposite of that is not sharing the context and sharing in a very foggy way. That leaves people fearful. This is the best chance of people feeling safe, people feeling valued, people being led into the process, and ultimately knowing here is the decision that's been made and here's how we're going to live this out. Here's a reflection exercise for you. Your practice here is to sketch out a decision-making map. Map your decision-making process in stages. So what process do you follow to make decisions? Now, you may have never thought about this before, but it could be just a simple three, four, five, six-step process in making a decision. It usually involves pondering, maybe if something is wrong or something needs to be changed, all the way to when the change is actually made and you've played that out. You don't immediately go from that. And frankly, I'll say that's not wise to immediately make massive decisions that impact other people. 
to be able to have a process, sketching a decision-making map could be a game changer to your leadership. And once you've done that, that you can walk through a process, slow the process down, let other people wise counsel into the process. Then you've got the why, you've got the what, you've got the how. Now you can express that as you let the right people in to that decision. Effective leadership skill number nine, leading from your design at your capacity. Leading from your design. What do we mean by that? Well, design is about form and function. And we'll say that it's about spark and the things that you love. And maybe we call that passion. We call that your purpose as a leader. But it's also the things that we're naturally good at. I'm passionate about some things and feel even some purpose in some things that I'm not wired up to be great at. And because of that, we have to find where both of those fit together. And so from your design, we talk a lot about your unique design, that we're all wired for impact, but we're wired up a little bit differently. Again, this is the value of assessments. Assessments don't do everything for you. They're not a pill, but they are awareness that can help you to understand who you are from a different angle. I'm a big fan of the working genius assessment. I recently, I went through the certification and recently started training teams in that and translating the results. It's an incredible, incredible assessment. Love to sit with you and your team or just help you in one session, translate those results. But the working genius essentially says, here's your, your working genius zone. And then here's our working frustration zone right here where you fall to frustration um, it's frustrating to you and you're not good at it. it's a bad combo swing the pendulum to the other side you love it you feel that purpose in it and you're good at it. that's what we're looking for when it comes to design you're never 100 in your design in your job i said we all have to answer emails we all have to do administration and things that we didn't get into it for but are you living predominantly in your design in order to be a long-term effective leader, you need to move toward your design. And the challenge is that you may not be able to do that in your current job. You may feel stuck. First, try to change you, try to understand your design, but simply just may be the wrong role, the wrong fit for you. I can't promise that you can stay in your role and stay in your design. So again, it's leading from your design at your capacity at your capacity. Once you're in your design, you could be in your unique design, but you could be way over your capacity, doing what one and a half, two or three humans should be doing in different roles. There's a leader that I know that is leading in about three different roles right now. Now, the good news is it's just for a time. It's just for a season. And at some point, she'll be leading back at her capacity. She can't do it forever, but she's filling in some gaps. We don't live in a perfect world here there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it's important to not regularly live above our capacity. Then we head in toward the burnout zone that maybe starts with depletion and, and frustration and just knowing I'm constantly feeling behind. And it moves from actually a physical issue to an emotional issue. Of I'm not enough and I'm constantly leading behind and I should all just do us a favor and quit. It's really important when that sinks into our heart, we start moving toward that emotional state of burnout beyond the physical state of tiredness. So here's your exercise. Here's your practice to pair with that. Clarify your unique design with these questions. What activities am I passionate about and find deep meaning doing? What activities am I passionate about and find deep meaning doing? And secondly, what activities am I gifted at and others have affirmed? 
So again, you're talking passion, deep meaning, a purpose. Then you're talking gifting. Others have affirmed those. That's your design. The last question is, what is the right capacity for me to be leading at? What is the right capacity for me to be leading at? Maybe you're overleading on your capacity and you realize I cannot continue like this forever. All right, here we are. We are at skill number 10, effective leadership skill number 10, reassessing your capacity and progress regularly. Leader, this is number 10 for a reason. This is something we need to regularly do. On an ongoing basis, we'll slip out of alignment. We may be pushing too hard. We may be over our capacity, leading out of our design. We may not be understanding the season that we're in. That's why it's so crucial for us to reassess. We need to reassess capacity and progress regularly. And I want to talk about three different things right here that can help you understand this. There's three different ways that we assess. Number one is a capacity audit. Capacity audit. We're discerning the challenges, the opportunities of the month and the season. We've got a tool that we help leaders understand their annual energy and therefore their monthly energy. And so a leader that I was coaching, he said, you know what? I'm at a 10 right now. This is just a 10 month. The good news is that he's got a break coming. He can't run like this forever. He's doing a capacity audit. I'm okay because I'm in this zone right now and I have a break in, in the capacity needed going down next month. Good news. A second kind of audit is a progress audit. This is where you're discerning your growth and your progress as a leader. In general, how satisfied are you in your growth? How are you growing as a leader? It's really important. Many times we don't give ourselves credit for how we're growing. When we may think that we're failing, when really right now we are just maturing a ton and we have taken on a lot. We've had new challenges and we just can't see that we've grown in the last six months. We've grown two years worth. First was a capacity audit. The second is a progress audit. The third is a goals audit. That's where we're revisiting our written goals daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. I know that sounds like a lot, but again, 10 minutes a day, I'm looking into what I have to do that day in my right setup journal. At the end of the week, I'll take about 30 minutes and weekly look back each month. Again, I'll take a look at that energy level needed for the next month and go, oh, this is what April represents, which is very different from what March represents, which is very different from what May, June, July represent. And again, the biggest one that I've had in the last few years is that quarterly audit that was missing, that sweet spot between the month and the year. Most people have some kind of end, end of year ritual and then goal planning for the next year. I've found that most leaders are missing that quarterly audit. So again, the three types of audits, a capacity audit, the challenges and the opportunities of this month right now, progress audit. How are we doing on our progress as a leader and a goals audit? Slightly different, but can be done in the same type of audit. You're revisiting your written goals. How are you? Are you on track? So with that knowledge, let me give you an exercise here to do. Here's your practice. Annual planning is not enough. Create a weekly check-in, a monthly check-in, and a quarterly check-in. Again, many leaders have a way to plan their day, maybe even assess it, and have a way to plan or assess their year. But I want to invite you to now add a weekly, a monthly, and a quarterly check-in. This is not to add a bunch to your life. 
This is making sure that the things you are efforting toward are the right things in your life. Friends, this isn't just a list that we're trying to produce of more things for you to do. Over about a dozen years of coaching, I was seeing that there are 10 things that leaders do, those effective leaders that other leaders just simply do not do. Or maybe people do them once in a while, but they do them consistently, they do them regularly, and these are investments. And I just want to remind you that every investment is based on the idea of delayed gratification. We put a little bit in now. I put in 10 minutes a day, roughly 100 minutes a week. And then over the course of a year that I'm watching those little things mature that in spending 10 minutes a day in that plus about 30 minutes at the end of the week, in assessing daily and weekly, I'm saying that's enough investment that it's going to be worth the time um, that is invested there. And try to use the word invest. All of these, as you develop these skills, I just want to remind you, they are learnable, they are practicable, and you will grow in them. You will feel clumsy at first, but these are skills that are worth cultivating. If you want a full list of what these skills are, feel free to reach out and just email us at hello at stayforth.com, but please go back and listen to the last episode. Go back and listen to this episode. Friends, here's your call to action. We want you to join us as we practice these 10 skills together over 10 weeks in our effective leaders cohort. Now, some of you have asked, yes, it's quarterly. We end up doing it three times a year. We take the summer off in that. So three times a year, we take 10 weeks to develop these 10 core skills. Now, these are different from the dozen axioms that we talk about, things we talk about here on the podcast. But over these two episodes, we wanted to say to you that now is the time. Now is the time to not just get ideas, not just get inspiration, but actually develop core practices. Friends, our practices and our rituals will shape our lives. They will. For good or for ill, if the first thing you do in the morning is picking up your phone and posting on social media, that is a habit, and I promise you that will shape you. If the first thing you do in the morning is to open up your Bible, if the first thing you do is take a walk, if the first thing you do is to work out, if the first thing you do is to reflect and sit in silence, those things will shape you. So here's the invitation. We want you to join us for the next round of our Effective Leaders cohort. You, a friend, your spouse, your whole team can attend this together. We've got a team rate for that. We would love for you to dive into these skills. Now, I've been part of plenty of cohorts. We've pushed against the grain. Most cohorts teach good information. This cohort starts with some good information to bring you awareness, but the goal is to lead you to new actions. So we're actually going to give you plenty of time in here to be in breakout groups and, and communicate with other people, learn new people, develop sort of this tight pod of people online, and to practice these new skills. That's what sets this apart. Effective leaders don't just think new things, but they actually develop, they practice new skills. Friends, go ahead and sign up. The link is below. We believe that this is a great leadership deal for you right now. There's plenty of good stuff out there, actually an overwhelming amount of information. There's not much out there when you think about practicing new skills. So friends, we want you there. It starts on the 19th. So go ahead and sign up now, share this with your friends. We'd love for you to hop in there with people who you know, people who you don't know, and maybe even hop in as a team. We got a discount for everybody to come in on your team. We love having teams at this. Uh, those who have gone through it before, raving reviews. Um, we had some fun together, but really 
what we did was we took 10 weeks to sharpen your leadership. Need to sharpen your leadership acts? This is the place. Effective Leaders Cohort, sign up now starting the 19th for the next 10 weeks. We're going to take just two hours a week. We're going to give you some tools. We're going to give you some practices, and you're going to be a different leader on the other side of this. We'd love to have you, friends. As always, it isn't just what idea here changed your life, but we're going to ask, what is your next right step? Because you keep taking steps and eventually you're going to get to a new destination. You are on a journey, not just to learn about new things, but actually to practice new things that will shape your present, your future. They will shape your identity and they will shape the kind of leader that you are becoming. Thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. We love that you guys listen. If you wouldn't mind a rating and a review that helps us get out to more people. We love you. We'll catch you on the next episode of the podcast. Can't wait to see you on the Effective Leaders Cohort starting on April 19th. We'll see you there. We ain't focused so long.